Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Transform. I'm so excited to be here with you today. For those of you that have been leaving amazing reviews for me on Apple Podcast, thank you so much. Like from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And a few of you have texted me or reached out to me via email or Instagram just to tell me that you're liking the podcast. That means so much to me too. Really great way to help scale this podcast so that I can reach and help more people and empower more people just like you is through Apple reviews. So if you're listening to this, would you please take just a minute or two to leave me a review on Apple podcast? You can see a link of where to go to do that in the show notes. Today's episode is a little bit about authenticity and about becoming authentically aligned and about speaking your truth. And this is something very near and dear to me and something that I've spent a lot of years researching and experimenting with. And as such, I actually have a workshop. Now, out of all of my workshops, this one is by far and away the most fun. The transformations that I see in people and how they become empowered within just a couple of days of getting this workshop has been mind-blowing, truly. So if you are ready to dive a little deeper, but in maybe like a fun way, in a way of, yeah, I want to see just how badass I am and everything that I can do and become more authentically aligned, become my best self, then this workshop is for you. So I'm just going to let you guys enjoy this episode. And as usual, if you found it empowering and you know someone that might find it empowering too, then shoot it over to them. And without further ado, please enjoy this episode of Transform. Thank you for being here for another episode of Transform. I'm really so excited, so honored so pleased to have you here with me today. So what are we going to explore today? Today, I want to explore honesty. But the interesting thing is we're going to come at honesty from a slightly different perspective, a different view than you might be expecting. So what does it mean to be honest? I think in order to speak in in your truth, there needs to be an alignment with your words and what you're feeling internally. Now, when you might think of honesty, you might just think uh, not lying, like telling the truth about something is sort of, I guess, the simple way of thinking about honesty, you know, um, telling the truth about what you are, telling the truth about who you are, what you've done, and perhaps even what you're thinking. But what I want to talk about today specifically is a link between integrity and honesty. And when we need to really abide by that link, and when it's maybe appropriate to hold back on saying or speaking our mind. So since I linked honesty with integrity, let's talk about integrity for a moment. 
When I think about somebody that has integrity, I really think about somebody that is really rooted and grounded in their authenticity. Somebody that kind of knows who they are and what they think and has a certain code of ethics that they consistently adhere to. This might be somebody that really honors themselves and never really self-abandons. I think that it's really easy for those of us that were raised to be people pleasers or to look after the emotions of others around us to slip into an energy of self-abandonment. I think this is especially true with women or those who identify as female, although I've certainly worked with clients and known men in my life who have experienced this too. So if you grew up really needing to worry about the feelings of those around you, almost being groomed to worry about the feelings of those around you, being raised in such a way that you were told that you needed to make sure you do what you're supposed to, follow the instructions of your caretakers or parents, listen to your parents, your instructors, your coaches, your babysitters, your caretakers, advice and direction over your own internal truth, knowing, desires, and decisions. And if you were raised to essentially people please, right? And, you know, when I say raised to people please, I also think that we are born with certain predispositions. If you follow astrology, then you know that there are certain things that we come into this world with, certain things that we need to heal, certain core wounds, and certain propensities. And so a lot of us come into this world with a propensity to people please. And people pleasing is essentially altering ourselves to please those around us. It is altering our identity, our behaviors, what we decide to say and do in order to please the people in our lives or those that we think may be influenced by our decision making. And so we may come into this world with a propensity towards people pleasing. But in addition to that, we may also have caretakers that push us towards people pleasing. And this can happen in a whole host of ways, some of which I've alluded to on previous episodes. Now, if you grew up with a desire to people please, a desire maybe to be liked, or at the very least, a desire to make those around you feel nice and comfortable and to approve of you, and really thinking a lot about, you know, what am I doing? If I'd make this decision, who is it going to upset around me? Who might be disappointed in me? And that is, of course, assuming that that's a conscious thinking process for the majority of us people pleasers. That's not actually a conscious process. We are just making decisions and we think that we're making them with full autonomy. We think that we're making decisions for ourselves when really we're also being influenced by conditioning. We're being influenced by this people pleasing tendency. Now, 
when we have a really strong propensity towards people pleasing, we have a strong propensity towards self-abandoning. Self-abandoning is essentially when we choose the needs, desires, the people-pleasing over our own deepest truth, over our own deepest needs, over our identity, essentially. Now, what are some examples of self-abandoning? Well, if I have a really strong desire to do something, but then... I know that doing that thing might upset someone around me. And so I decide not to do that thing in a way that's self-abandoning. If I am not fully speaking my truth. So if I feel like someone is maybe mistreating me and instead of saying, hey, whoa, I don't think that this situation is very fair or I don't like the way that you're speaking to me, staying quiet. If you want to make a big life decision, and you feel like it's going to upset people in your life. And so therefore you make a different decision. That's self-abandoning. So there's so many different ways that we can self-abandon. And taking this all back to honesty and integrity. Something that I have personally struggled with in my life is that I have been good at self-abandoning without knowing that's what I'm doing. <laughs> so um, let me see if I can think of some examples here to give you. I had a big interest in the sciences when I was in college. I majored in genetics and I, oh man, I loved genetics. I also loved my physics courses. I also loved my psychology courses and I loved my philosophy courses. And there was a time in college where I was really trying to, to decide what to do. I thought about going to medical school and becoming a psychiatrist. I thought about going into genetics and becoming a genetic counselor. I thought about going into genetics and becoming a researcher. And then I also thought about dentistry. Now, my dad is an oral surgeon. And did quite well for himself. Both of my parents grew up in not wealthy at all families. So this is really just kind of like a first generation of making any money is through my parents. And, you know, a lot of conditioning got passed down along to me, I would say conditioning in terms of like inherited trauma from having several generations of Families that maybe were raised in poverty and didn't have a lot of money, that can be passed down through our genes, through epigenetics or inherited trauma. And then I also think that some of this got verbally passed down onto me. It was really instilled in me, especially by one of my parents, to make money because it's really, it can be really stressful if you don't make money. And because my parents are sort of like first generation wealthy, you know, they learned through my dad being an oral surgeon that it's that's a safe, that's a safe sort of predictable way of making money. And, you know, having been in the dental field, and becoming a dentist, followed by specializing and then lecturing to dentists internationally, I really learned that a lot of dentists received this programming in information passed down to them that Dentistry is a really safe, predictable way of making money. And it is. And there's nothing wrong with that kind of information. 
The interesting aspect of that information is, is that why you chose to go into a field like dentistry? Now, when I think back to college and I had a lot of different interests, I was trying to decide what I wanted to do. And through these, through these inherited trauma stories, through epigenetics, through the conditioning that I received growing up, I had a really big push to go into dentistry. Now, I also thought dentistry was interesting. I really liked working with my hands. I liked sort of the meditative state that I could get into when I was working with my hands. And so I took a really long time in college to make this decision as to what I should do. And what I arrived at was I want to go into dentistry. Looking back on that decision now, I certainly don't regret that decision. But what I see now is there was a large aspect of myself, of my interest, of who I was that I was self-abandoning. Now, I didn't do this consciously, not in the least. I mean, at the time, I did everything that I could to make the decision as fully conscious as I possibly could. But also at the time, I didn't understand what conditioning was. I didn't know that uh, that certain things that I was told when I was very young would be imprinted on into my brain. I didn't realize that there were such things as cognitive biases or beliefs. I didn't know that there was a subconscious mind that controls 95% of our decisions, our thinking, and our beliefs and emotions. So I didn't know that I was, to a certain degree, being run and directed by programming. And I didn't know how to deconstruct that programming and how to really look at it and how to decipher what is programming and what is me right? So I made this decision to go into dentistry. I went into dentistry, four years of dental school, became a dentist, started practicing, very quickly became very bored out of my mind. In a lot of my spare time, I was reading books on behavioral theory and trying to, in certain ways, apply that to my office and to dentistry. But it's interesting, right? Because here I was doing dentistry, but on the side, I was really learning a lot about behavioral theory. And that didn't cue me in to anything. It didn't, I didn't notice at the time, like, wait, why am I so interested in this other subject matter? And I was also learning a lot about dentistry. I was taking hundreds and hundreds of hours of CE courses. And after practicing general dentistry for four years, I decided to go specialize and become a prosthodontist, which for dentists, that is the most kind of, I would say, one of the more complex specialties, because as a prosthodontist, we treat the most complex cases in dentistry. I really like puzzles. Right now, I really like the puzzles of people and the mind. And I think ultimately, that's really where my soul is aligned. But at the time, I just knew that I liked the complexity of pros. And so I went back to school, I studied for three years, published some research, um, learned a lot, and then became a prosthodontist and started lecturing nationally, a little bit internationally, and I became an expert in technology and dentistry, and that was really interesting for a while, and I really loved speaking and connecting with dentists. I loved doing some of the more complex cases, and then quickly that fizzled out too. Now, here's the interesting thing. My personality type is such that I have a lot of different interests and it's possible that, you know, in 5, 10, 15 years, I may end up wanting to do something else too. So it's not that it was entirely inauthentic for me to go into dentistry, but there was an aspect of myself that I was not paying attention to. And this is why I say I am a pro at self-abandoning. 
because I don't even know that I'm doing it oftentimes when I'm doing it. But looking back now, when I think back on that time in college, I see that I was actually really greatly influenced by a little bit of people pleasing, but more so just by my conditioning. And I would say a hidden fear of doing the wrong thing. I didn't want to end up in poverty. So what I did was I chose something that I was interested in, but maybe not the thing that I was most, that I was most interested in. Right. So then after 15 years in a career, I made a change because what I realized was that, wait a minute, there's actually something that I'm most interested in. And that's really where my soul is calling me. And this time I'm not going to self-abandon this time. I'm going to go where my soul is calling me. So if you're listening to this, you're like, okay, this is an interesting story. You were self-abandoning, but you didn't realize you're self-abandoning. So how is that helpful, right? Like, how do we know when we're self-abandoning? And that's really what I want to talk about today is what is honesty, really? What is integrity? How do we know when we are self-abandoning? And when is it appropriate to really step up and to stop self-abandoning? And how do we do that in a way that doesn't maybe alienate everyone around us? Doesn't we don't have to completely change or uproot our lives? How do we do that in a way that's comfortable to us and maybe even comfortable to the people around us? The last few years has been a journey of doing exactly this for me. It's been a journey of understanding my true authentic identity, understanding what has influenced me from inherited trauma, from childhood, from certain events in my past, and how that has influenced my subconscious programming, which then in turn influences my current state and my decision making. And how can I expose that and identify what is programming versus what is me? What is my true authentic identity? And this takes, this is a step-by-step process. And because it took me a few years to deconstruct all of these things. And because I did so much research into so many different tools and tried so many different tools, what I do now is I build shortcut, you could call them shortcut journeys for all of you and other people and clients of mine to take the same journey in a accelerated fashion, an accelerated way that I didn't have access to. And I really, really wish I would have. And so I built these journeys for you. So For instance, if you are interested in what is my authentic self versus what is my programming, I have a perfect workshop for you. And it's actually the most fun, exciting workshop that I have. And it's called Authentically Aligned. And in Authentically Aligned, basically, you just become more authentic through these really fun challenges. And you learn about your superpowers and your gifts and how to really, really use them and how to listen to this internal voice. So a lot of what I'm talking about today, you can actually learn through the step-by-step workshop, the six-module workshop called Authentically Aligned. And really, seriously, out of all my workshops, I think this is like the most fun. And I see people manifesting, oh my gosh, all sorts of fun things with this workshop. The majority of people that have taken this workshop have manifested more money, careers that feel more aligned, more friends, a partner, like, because people just become more of themselves and they become more bright and lit up and they attract more things to them. So that's a side note. If you're interested in learning how to do some of what I'm talking about to clear up some of that ambiguity, if you're like, great, but how did you do that? 
that's why I built the workshop Authentically Aligned, and it's super affordable and it's available to you. So you can see that in the notes below. Specifically in this podcast episode, though, I want to talk about integrity and honesty and how that all ties in with self-abandoning. So what I want to do is give you guys three tools to, first of all, identify when you might be self-abandoning. Tool number one, something feels off in your body. So say you're in a situation, you're talking to someone, and they're sharing with you their really strong opinion. And then you just feel this like, I would almost define it as an ickiness or repulsion in your body. Maybe it's a tightness in your stomach, tightness in your chest, a tightness in your throat or your shoulders. Maybe you're actually clenching your palms. But right now, if you just take a moment, because I'm going to help you identify this right now, take a moment to think back to a recent conversation that you had with someone where you really disagreed with what they were saying, or somebody was telling you to do something and you really didn't want to do it. Bring that to mind. Put yourself in that situation right now. Just imagine them talking to you. Now, cue into your body for a moment. Where do you feel a tightness or even like an ickiness or a repulsion? Your stomach, your chest, your throat, your shoulders, your jaw, your hands. These are really the most common places where you might even just feel it like an energy in your body. It's just like this, ugh, no, or it's like an anger. Some sort of I would almost say like negative sensation within your body, a sensation that you don't love feeling. That's your first cue into self-abandoning because what you might be doing in that very moment is you might be holding back from what you're actually thinking and feeling with that person. Now, maybe in this example that you're thinking of, you actually did speak your mind. And if you did, bravo to you, like seriously, good job. But if you didn't, then... That's great too, because right now you can use this as an example to think about why, why you didn't speak your mind fully, why you weren't fully honest about what you were thinking or feeling. So cue number one is feeling something kind of icky in your body. So your body can tell you, can kind of cue you into when you might be self-abandoning. The second cue or indicator of when you might be self-abandoning is doing a lot of thinking in your mind. I would almost say overthinking, where you start self-doubting, you just start thinking a lot in your mind. It's like almost a convincing of yourself of something, wondering if you should say something. Uh, A lot of fear might come up into your mind or self-criticism, but it's where like this voice in your mind starts going, right? There's a voice that takes over in your mind and it starts talking. So if you put yourself back in that same situation or put yourself under a situation when You know, this might have been happening where you wanted to say something, but you held back from saying something. There was a voice in your mind that was kind of convincing you not to say something. And that voice you picked up from someone, from someone or something. You picked up that voice from someone in your past, or it could even be a voice that is a collection of different people that you've learned from in your history. But there's a voice in your mind that is telling you to back down. And we oftentimes listen to this voice out of fear of the consequences of what could happen if we don't listen. And this voice is often really strong for people pleasers. It could be one of your strongest influencing voices in your mind. So this is cue number two is a voice in your mind. And here's the interesting thing. If you can, the next time 
somebody is instructing you, telling you to do something, or you're, someone is saying something to you that you really disagree with, and you find yourself not responding in what you're really actually thinking and feeling, cue into what voice is speaking in your mind. And here's the cool thing. The more you can become aware of this voice, then the more you start to just notice it spontaneously when it's talking to you, and the less influence it has over you. So if you can identify that voice, and then you can say to yourself, wait, that's just a voice in my mind. That's actually not me. That's not me authentically. That's just a voice in my mind. Then you can start to disidentify with that voice in your mind. And then you don't have to follow what it's telling you to do. And cue number three is a sense of resentment building up within you about something. So this feeling of, this can be a feeling of anger or resentment or dis-ease or anxiety. Just like something was left unsaid, unfinished, not completed, unresolved. So if you're walking around feeling like bitter or resentful about something or someone, then it's likely because in some way you have self-abandoned, meaning you didn't actually vocalize what was actually happening. Or you made a decision on behalf of someone else in the energy of people-pleasing rather than making the decision that is aligned with your heart and your intuition. So this sense of resentment building up within you, or this feeling of something being unresolved or unfinished, is cue number three, that in some way, shape, or form, you have self-abandoned. The most important thing is, you know, building up this awareness of where have I self-abandoned? When have, when have I not actually spoken my truth? When have I not been fully honest and in integrity? There has to be a self-awareness around that before you can actually do a adequate job of shifting into your truth and no longer self-abandoning. So I just want to iterate that self-awareness is really important. And this is where therapy comes in, something like therapy or doing some work to identify what's my programming versus who am I authentically which you can, if you're ready to really dive into this, you can do in my workshop Authentically Aligned. There has to be a level of awareness around who am I authentically versus what's influencing me. And, you know, when are these three cues of self-abandonment coming into play? When, when am I able to cue into that sensation within my body, that voice in my head, or that building sense of unfinished business or that sense of resentment? And... Once that level of self-awareness has come to the forefront and you're able to realize that maybe even in real time or slightly after an event, that's really when you can start making shifts in terms of your behavior and deciding to change, deciding to own your truth. Because here's what happens when you own your truth. Everything becomes easier and more enjoyable for you. So much of our resentment of our dis-ease, of our feelings of dissatisfaction or an unfulfilled life come from being out of alignment with who we are authentically. And you know why? It's because we're pretending. We don't know this. Of course, we're not doing this purposefully. 
but we're a little bit pretending to be someone other than who we are authentically. And the reason we're doing that is because we've been trained to. We've been told this is what you have to do to be successful, to make money, to please others, to be accepted in society, to stay safe, to stay healthy. All these things, we're trying to follow all these rules. But the truth of the matter is, some of these actually are incorrect and not aligned for who we are authentically. So the work of our lives is to discover, wait a minute, who am I authentically and how can I start acting out of alignment with who I am authentically? Because as I've seen from the clients that have taken my workshop, Authentically Aligned, what happens is you get so much inner freedom, so much more energy in your life. You manifest things, opportunities come to you, people come to you. All of these things occur when we are more authentically aligned. Because think about it. Who are you drawn to in your life, on social media? The world right now is drawn to authenticity. We are all drawn to authenticity. And even online, we can sense when people are not being authentic, right? You can feel that in your body when someone's not being authentic. And authenticity is all about honesty. Authenticity is being honest about who you are really, what you want really, and acting in alignment, choosing, deciding, behaving in alignment with who we are authentically. And the most magnetic people in the world today are those that are really authentically aligned, are those that know who they are authentically and who are choosing to behave in ways that are authentically aligned in honesty, in integrity, and they're not self-abandoning, or at least they're not like they used to, right? So today we're talking about honesty, integrity, and not self-abandoning. But if I were to combine those three concepts, those three words into one thing, it would be, how do I become authentically aligned? Because those that are authentically aligned understand their identity, their strengths, and they speak in honesty. They behave in honesty in line with their integrity, in line with who they are authentically. So understanding who we are authentically, learning about the strengths of our identity, you know, learning about the strengths, your gifts, your superpowers that you may not even see. This is the beauty of my workshop, Authentically Aligned, is because Honestly, half of this workshop is just revealing to you your badassery, your strengths, your gifts, things that you may have but not even see. And once we can feel confident in those strengths and those gifts and feel anchored and rooted in them a little bit, this builds up our confidence. It builds up our inner strength, which gives us more resolve to behave authentically, to be authentically aligned. And in that space, once we sort of know who we are authentically, once we have a deeper connection to our intuition, to our inner knowing, to who we are, to our gifts and strengths, we can start growing the self-awareness where we can start to notice when we are not being authentically aligned, when we feel something in our body or we notice the voice in our head or we feel a sense of resentment building up within us about something. So three ways then that you can move into a deeper authentic alignment where you can stop self-abandoning. Number one, 
is to start acknowledging what you actually want and need. This is going to sound silly to some of you. You're going to hear this and be like, well, I know what I want and need. But interestingly, especially the more of a people pleaser that you might have been in your life, the more I would challenge you and say, do you deeply, deeply know what you want and need? Or is what you think you want and need just what you've been told that you want and need? To give you an example of this, one time I was working with a new client and she was telling me she was in tech and she had really worked her way up the chain. I've worked with several people in tech and it can really be that sort of hamster wheel race to the top. You transition to different companies a lot in tech. That's very normal. And you leverage your assets and your strengths and you can move up quickly. And when I was speaking to her, she was like, well, I want to move up. And I started asking her why, what will that do for you? And she was like, well, I just want to move up. And I was like, why? And she couldn't answer that question. Because a lot of us don't take the time to think about why we want the things that we want. And then if we can't really answer that question, like, why do I want this? Then to ask ourselves again, like, wait a minute, is this actually what I'm wanting? Is this actually what I'm wanting? Or is there something else that I deeply want and need that I'm actually just not giving myself the space to explore thoroughly? So if you're interested in diving into this further, what I suggest a lot of people do is that they start writing down what they like, what makes them feel good, and their hopes and dreams. And you can actually just keep a list of this, like over the next week, keep an ongoing list. What do I really like? What brings me joy? What makes me feel good in my body? What do I want in my life? What are my needs? What are my hopes and dreams? And after doing that for a week of just consistently writing this down on a little piece of paper that you're carrying around with you, you will start to get a feel for what you want. And then you can start asking yourself, why? Why do I want these things? What do I think this will give me? And going a little bit deeper. It's important to understand what you actually want and need, because then it provides you contrast with what you're actually getting. And you can see what's the disparity here between what I'm actually receiving versus what I want and need. And it gives you more self-awareness in terms of where you might be self-abandoning and not actually pursuing what you want and need. And where you might be putting people-pleasing in front of what you want and need. So I would say step number one, or one really important key to shift out of self-abandonment into behaving in a way that is really authentically aligned is to just identify what it is that you really want and need. And then the next step after that would be moving into action, trying to discern how can I actually acquire this, manifest this, call this in. Number two, second way to move out of self-abandoning into authentic alignment is to start saying what you're thinking. This is really hard if you have a really strong urge to people, please especially if you think that it may bring up conflict with someone or that it may precipitate rejection or that someone may get mad at you. 
So here's a, here's an idea that I teach to a lot of my clients. If something is not authentically aligned for you, it's actually probably not authentically aligned for anyone else around you either. So for instance, if someone is saying to you, hey, I need you to go pick up my kids from school today because I can't, I'm busy, but you have a migraine. If you are really into people pleasing, you might say, well, I really need to do this for this person and I don't want them to get mad at me or be disappointed in me. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it. But if you have a migraine, you're probably not going to be your best self when you pick up those kids, right? You're probably going to be a little bit irritable. If you push through that migraine, maybe that migraine lasts even longer for you. And also maybe you start to have a growing resentment towards that friend. Here's an alternative. What if there was someone else that this person could ask that it actually would be really authentically aligned for? What if there is somebody else that they would ask after you that it's actually on their route home and it's really actually no problem for them? And they can do it. They would pick up the kids. Maybe they would even bring treats. They would be really happy and inspired to do so. And you can go home and rest and heal with your migraine. A lot of times the reason us people pleasers do what we do is we because we think that we are the last option for other people or that there's no other options for us or anyone around us. But that's never true. Really, truly, that's like never true. There's always other ways, other options, even if it's just a shift in thinking. So if you can adopt this idea, this belief, or at least if you can experiment with it, that if it's not authentically aligned for me, it's probably not authentically aligned for them either. So what I need to do right now is speak my truth. Now, taking that same example, a lot of people avoid conflict because they are afraid of communicating or they don't know how to communicate in a way that is not very confrontational. If this is you, two books that I would recommend. One, Nonviolent Communication. It's an amazing book and tool on how to communicate in a way that doesn't instigate conflict or confrontation nonviolent communication. And the second book that I would recommend is called Never Split the Difference by FBI negotiator Chris Voss, negotiating as if your life depended on it. And Never Split the Difference is really just a, a different way of thinking about communication. It's definitely more geared towards negotiating. But I think that's a important skill to learn too, especially if you're someone that is a people pleaser and you may have a hard time negotiating. But essentially, we can say to someone like, listen, I would love to take your kids home today, but I have a migraine and it's just not something I'm going to be able to do. I'm just too sick to do it. There's always a way of communicating that is more inciting or aggravating versus more open and in truth. And so when it comes to saying what you're thinking, my suggestion to you, especially if this is something that you don't generally do or something that you're afraid to do is that you start small and you start building up the confidence that it's okay to say what you're thinking and that nothing terrible is going to happen when you do so. And you just build that muscle up, that skill set and that muscle up. Say what you're thinking. And then the third way to act authentically aligned and to not self-abandon is to tie up loose ends. So what's a situation in your life that is currently left unresolved? What's something that you wish you would have said to someone that you never said? What is something that you're partaking in or doing right now in your life that is actually not bringing you joy, but it's just completely draining your energy that you don't even want to do? 
Resolving something like that would be no longer doing it. Changing your life so that you're not doing things that you don't want to do. Saying the things that you need to say that never got, that were never said. Owning your experience. Like really owning what happened to you. Saying what needs to be said. No matter what that means. No matter if it means conflict or people disappointed in you. Because guess what? You're important too. Your thoughts and your needs are important. What you're thinking is important. What happened to you is important. What happened to you is important too. What you need to say is important too. Just as important as the people that also have needs around you. So resolving those things, saying what needs to be said, doing what you actually want to do, and no longer taking part in the things that you don't actually want to do. And by the way, part of that is outlined in Authentically Aligned if you want a more strategic way of approaching these things. I've learned in my life, and I'm still learning. I'm still learning. You know, there's still things sometimes that I don't say that I wish I had, some things that I'm holding back on, sometimes some things that I agree to that are not fully authentically aligned. But in my life, the more and more authentically aligned I've become, the more amazing and lovely my life has become, the more inner freedom I have obtained, the more joy and play I'm experiencing, the more opportunities come to me, and the more happy I feel on the inside. So honesty in the context of what I'm talking about today, what we've been talking about today is being honest with ourselves first and foremost about who am I authentically and what do I authentically want and need and where am I not owning that truth? Where am I not being authentically aligned? Where am I not speaking my actual needs, desires, and thinking? And how can that free me the more that I do? And so if anything has come up into your mind as you've been listening, I would challenge you to move forward with that thing, to say the thing that never got, that was never said, to tie up the loose end next time to say what you're thinking, to really identify your wants and needs, to grow that self-awareness of when you are self-abandoning, and then to make a shift maybe even in real time into being like, wait a minute, no, hold on. What's actually happening within me and right now, how can I behave in a way that is really authentically aligned for me? How can I do that for me? Because I deserve to. Because I deserve to live a life full of joy and play and abundance, a life that is authentically aligned, attracting all of the prosperity, opportunities, people, everything that I want to me, because I love myself. I'm owning who I am. I'm in my worth. And I know that I deserve to. So thank you for tuning in with me today with an open heart and an open mind. And until next time, cheers to you and your subtle shifts into deeper deservingness and bolder authentic alignment. Have a good one, everybody.